the podcast where our mission is to offer thoughtful and inspiring parenting and educational programming. We are committed to producing impactful podcasts that add value to conversations around education, student advocacy, and parental challenges. My name is Heather Moore, and I'm the head of school at Straylitz International Academy in Virginia Beach, and I will be your host. I have over 28 years of experience in independent schools with eight years as a head of school and 20 years serving as an independent school chief financial officer. I also have raised two children, one finishing medical school and one starting law school, and have been married to my wonderful husband for over 31 years. Welcome. On today's episode, we will discuss managing family stress as we settle into a new school year. And joining us today is Debbie Mayer, who is an LCSW and an SIA and JFS counselor. And we also have Michelle Finley, who is also an LCSW, JFS, and SIA school counselor. Welcome, ladies. Thank you. Thank you. Debbie, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? So uh, LCSW stands for Licensed Clinical Social Worker, and I've been a social worker for about 40-something years. Wow. I've been at the school for about 30 years. I specialize in working with children and families. Um, Moved here from the Chicago area, from the suburbs of Chicago, and we've lived in Virginia about 30 years. My husband and I love to travel and I really enjoy my work at Jewish Family Service and at SIA. Great, thank you so much, Debbie. Michelle, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes, thank you for having us today. I am also a licensed clinical social worker, and I have been with Jewish Family Service for a little over 26 years, and I just love my job there, as well as my time here at the school, where I have been um, one of the school counselors for over 20 years. Love my time working with children, families, and the staff here. I am from upstate New York. Uh, moved here and met my husband, actually working at the JCC summer camp. Uh, Chris and I have two children. We have a middle schooler and a high schooler. Great. Thank you so much, Michelle. So happy to have you guys here. And we are so fortunate to have so many years of experience here in our school to work with our students and our staff, actually. Why don't we take a second to explain what your role is at SIA? That's, that's always such a great question because people confuse what Michelle and I do at Jewish Family Service with what we do at school. Yeah. And it's very different. We're not doing psychotherapy at school. We are not diagnosing students. And we are spending maybe 10 to 15 minutes with a student because we don't want to disrupt their day and take them out of class. So here are some of the reasons that we might be talking to a student at school. Okay. That's also a frequent question. We might be talking to them because of struggles with other students, with some peer relationships. We might be talking to them because something's happened in their family, an illness, a separation, a deployment. Um, you know, any, any family life event is going to affect whether a student is going to be able to be focused and fully present in school. We might be talking to them because there's a learning challenge of some sort. Okay. And they're really struggling, and it starts to come out. So there's different reasons, and sometimes there's overlap of more than one reason. So we, we take our lead from the teachers. We don't, we don't pull children from their classroom if they're in the middle of a test or they're in the middle of a project or if there's a school program or presentation, we don't take them then. 
we're very careful that we're not doing psychotherapy with them. We are doing school counseling. Right. The amazing thing to me over the years has been how much we can accomplish in 10 or 15 minutes of having a relationship with a child that, you know, takes much longer if you see a therapist outside of the school. Because Michelle and I work at Jewish Family Service, we do need parents' permission in order to work with students. What I explain to students all the time is it's like a field trip. If your parent doesn't sign a permission slip, you can't go. <laughs> I like that. That's and cute. Because that, that makes sense to them. Well, yeah. Why do they have to sign a paper, Miss Debbie? Because we're taking you from class and because we don't work for the school. We, we work with the school, but we're employed by Jewish Family Service. If we think that a student needs something more than what we're providing at school, we'll discuss it with parents and make recommendations. Um, the other question that comes up when parents are thinking about what we do is, well, how, how, do, how do students get referred to us? So a lot of the students know us because we're here. Yes, they do. When they see you going down the hall, they always they try do. to grab you. They do. Oh, are you coming to get me today, Miss Debbie? Yes, they do. They do. And so, you know, sometimes they're kind of self-referred. They raise their hand when we walk in. Sometimes they're referred by teachers. Sometimes they're referred by parents. Michelle and I never, ever, ever meet with a student if parents don't know about it. Absolutely. And we've, we have never altered from that. In the EY program, it might be more observations and mm -hmm. working with teachers rather than pulling a student out of the class. Again, it's only with parents' permission and communication and collaboration. We're also here as a huge resource for parents. I just want to make sure parents you know, know they can reach out. As Debbie just mentioned, into the EY years, you know, a lot of what I'm doing with families and children in EY is you know, observing in class or talking with teachers, but also a resource for parents, um, whether it's suggestions for ideas at school or also how we can carry over, you know, some of the things that we're doing at school and home and collaborate for our children and our students. Yeah, that's great. I think you guys are an amazing resource for parents. I definitely want our parents to understand that they can reach out to you both through the school, but they can also reach out through uh, Jewish Family Service if they feel like there's things they want to talk through with an expert, which the two of you are. So we're so grateful to have you guys in our school and we're even more grateful that we've had such a long-term relationship. I think that's really beneficial when a child starts here and may, well now as an infant and they go all the way through to fifth grade, they have you guys as a resource and as they grow up and they, you know, develop, they know they can rely on you because they've built this long-term relationship with you, which I think is extremely beneficial for our kids. So thank you. That actually, I wanted to respond to that because yeah. I think that's also unique about our role here compared to other schools. So if we have that long-term relationship with, with a child and their family and something happens with a brother or sister, this, we're, we're going to take the brother and sister because we have the family. Yeah. And we're not going to switch it out. So we don't work by grade. We work by relationship. Absolutely. So if, if I've known somebody since first grade, I'm going to see that child if they need to continue to be seen up through fifth grade if that's what 
is necessary. If it's not necessary, we're not. But the relationship is paramount to us. Right. Well, and don't you guys find that sometimes kids need you at certain times and then they might not need you for a couple years and then all of a sudden they might need you again because something has changed in their life, either, you know, something in their family and or... I mean, we hear a lot about, you know, peer relationships and friends, friendship struggles at mm-hmm. school. Those are always things that, you know, we really need a lot of assistance with, especially probably as they grow up into mm-hmm. primary years, not so much in early years. In early years, it's more about being successful in the classroom and what skills do they need in order to be successful. So it's that time of year again. Everybody's returning to school. And when we return to school, our schedules go from very relaxed summertime Mm -hmm. vibes to hectic. Everybody's coming and going. Everyone is rushing. So I think it's a good time to kind of talk about what can families do to help manage that feeling of stress when your schedule becomes hectic. Let's talk first a little bit about self-care for our parents because our parents out there are running the show for the family and they probably are the ones feeling an enormous amount of stress worrying about getting everybody up on time, out of the house on time, picking them up from school on time and then, you know, all the myriad of activities that happen at the, you know, after school is out both from sports and you know, all those commitments to dinner time and homework and bedtime and laundry. And as you guys know, that that can be very stressful. So we're yeah. talk about that first. Yeah. So um, there's a great analogy that I heard a number of years ago that I like to use. If you're on an airplane and you're traveling with children, they teach you and suggest that you put the oxygen mask on first in the event of a situation. <laughs> I love this. Because they want the parent to be fully alert and fully fully aware of what's going on and able to respond. So I think when it comes to self-care, it's really the same idea. Parents have to take care of themselves individually as a couple and as a family. And it's going to look different based on who they are. And self-care unfortunately, is the thing that goes to the wayside first when people are stressed. Yeah. So this is very basic. However, it's so important. We have, we have to repeat it. You have to get enough sleep. It's the thing people shortchange the most. Yeah. You have to get enough sleep, and it has to be restful sleep, not napping and, and here and there, and all the formulas about how much sleep people need. They do need sleep. They do need rest. So parents need to have that as much as their children do. They need a healthy diet. You know, stopping at a fast food place on the way and, you know, scarfing down um, a egg McMuffin sandwich is not healthy eating. You know, there needs to be protein and there needs to be um, carbohydrates. They've actually done a lot of research. I was at a, a conference a few months ago about the importance of having a balanced breakfast for brain development and for brain focus. Yeah. So if the parents are eating healthy and that's what they're modeling for their their children, it's really important. Finding ways to de-stress, finding ways to relax, which we'll get a little bit more into. But the self-care, there's no shortchanging it. And if children live in families, if their parents are super stressed all the time, it's hard for them. Plus the modeling of taking care of yourself and saying, you know what, I need 10 minutes. I can't, 
I can't respond to this right now. So self-care is the top of the list because that's the most basic thing. So give yourself permission to take care of yourself, which is sometimes really hard for parents and or caregivers in general. But I think also maybe you guys would agree with this, but kind of setting a schedule or a routine for your self-care. If you try to do that, if you set aside time, whether it's mentally or on your calendar or whatever works for you, if you set aside the time to take care of yourself, it's more likely to happen. I think that's a great suggestion. I agree with that. I suggest it to families I work with, both at school and at the office. I, I think that you plug it in your calendar like you would at a meeting that you have to be at for work. It's that important that you're there. And like Debbie mentioned, that's modeling. We're teaching our children that it's important for them to take care of themselves. We're teaching them a healthy lifestyle. And I think it's the best way to make sure that we do it is to put it in our routine. Yeah, it's funny because it does go back to routine. And it changes during your lifetime. Your routine is going to change. When my kids were younger, I used to make sure I scheduled time to exercise in the afternoon after school because I was home with them after school every day. Um, So that was my exercise time. My kids knew it. They would come home, have their snack, do their homework, and then they would be playing. So when they had playtime, it was mommy's exercise time. And they knew that. And that was the routine. And now that my kids are grown and they're not living at home any longer, I actually exercise people think I'm crazy but at 5 a.m. in the morning so because that's what works for me I know that if I wait till after school because I get home much later now I'm not going to do it it's much less likely to happen and when I don't exercise I feel a lot more stress in my body so that for me is a way of self-care yeah Uh, yeah the exercise thing I did leave that out and I didn't mean to yeah because the the getting being physical whether it's walking it doesn't have to be going to a gym and working out for an hour it can be 10 minutes of deep breathing and stretching um, walking but getting exercise it helps our brains I do want to also put in a plug for grandparents and other <laughs> caregivers we're saying parents when we talk about parents we're talking about anybody who is in the child's family who helps so it's important for grandparents too I know grandparents sometimes drop off students they pick them up yeah they sometimes they are with them for the afternoon so grandparents also need self-care not just the parents um, or aunts and uncles, you know, brothers and sisters who are older. Self-care is everybody in the household. One suggestion I make to a lot of families is the idea of a Sunday. It doesn't have to be a Sunday, but a very brief Sunday family gathering. You don't have to call it a family meeting. You know, just sort of look at the week ahead. I think that helps with, Heather, what you mentioned about adding in your exercise. You can mention in that meeting, like in that gathering, you know, this is what I'm going to exercise, this is what we have ahead. I think it helps teach the children at a very young age time management, schedule planning. I think it can be very brief and easy, um, but it can, you know, help with that modeling and that planning. Too. I love that suggestion. And that also reminds me, when my kids were growing up, we always had family Sunday dinner. That was the rule. Everybody had to be home for dinner on Sundays. And, of course, that mattered more as they got older. But, I mean... Mm-hmm. That was our family meeting time. So we would sit at the table, we would have a nice dinner, and we would talk about the week ahead. And it was Sunday, so that's so interesting. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that's a great suggestion. I love that. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about finding balance with work and fun. That's always interesting and can be difficult. It can be. And I think what comes to my mind immediately with that is 
being careful not to overschedule our lives, I think. <laughs> Great suggestion. <laughs> Easier said, I understand, than it sometimes is to do. But I think we have to be aware that, you know, look at that week and look at our month. And, you know, our kids really need to connect with us. We thrive on connection. I think that that gives all of us a feeling of security and safety, including our young children, um, as young as our toddlers and babies all the way up, you know, through our adults is that feeling of having that safety and that security. So I think it's important to make sure we have time that's just unstructured, fun family time and balancing that in there with homework. And a lot of, I know a lot of our students are in other activities. So it's just making sure we're being aware of how busy our days are. I think that's great. And I think also, you know, a lot of parents and families do overschedule and they, you know, their kids are in three sports and whatever other activities and signed up for this event and that event. And I think it's important for parents to take a breath and say, what are the most important things that my child wants to participate in? And even have a conversation with your child and say, okay, you can choose two things right. or three mm-hmm. things or however many it is. Which, which things are important to you that you want to make sure you maintain so that we don't have them registered in so many things that they go from all day at school where, you know, they're required to do a lot at school every day and it's and it's very scheduled and they can't there's not a lot of freedom except for, you know, lunch and recess. So we don't want them to leave school and then be programmed for the rest of the evening right, also. Right. We want them to have downtime every day. Mm-hmm. They need a little space to just decompress. Be. Yes, yes. Yes. So All of that is good. And then, of course, adding in family fun, which, you know, is important. Mm -hmm. It's very important for the kids to connect with you, especially on the weekends or whenever it is that your family has time for that. Not everybody's family has that type of schedule. Some people are, you know, working on the weekend, but you pick the time that works best for your family. Maybe it's a Monday night. I don't know. And I think that that connecting can begin right at pickup, right? That's right when we are reconnecting with our child from their whole day, like you said, at school. So I think, take a breath, right? Let's, we are aware, you have parents, grandparents, guardians, you've had a busy day. There's things that have happened in your life also since you've left your child here. (laughs) So I think it's trying to build that routine of that mindful deep breath, you know, focusing on, okay, now I'm here to reconnect with my child and, you know, hear about their day and, make this ride home or wherever we're going to, you know, enjoyable and kind of give them that space and time just for you guys to be together. And try to remember to let your child share with you what they want to share with you about their day rather than what you're trying to pull out of them because you'll definitely get a lot more information if you just let them tell you about whatever great thing it was that happened that day and or negative thing that could have happened that day, but it's going to be on their mind. So if you can try to let them, you know, lead that conversation, you'll, you'll probably have a much more productive conversation. Okay. So let's, let's think a little bit about morning routine and connections. Morning routines are, especially when you have young children, morning routines are uh, very vital. I can't say enough about how important a morning routine is. So let's hear what you ladies have to say about that. This is one of my favorite topics, to be honest. good. (laughs) (laughs) Because I do think that our morning, for us as adults, but I think our children's morning truly sets the tone for their day. Yeah. So for me, I think that this is just a very, very important time of the day. So there are a lot of different pieces of it. Like when we talk about us as parents, we have to go back to that self-care. 
Are we leaving ourselves enough time? Yeah. Right? Are we finding ways so that we ourselves don't feel rushed to get to wherever we are going afterwards? But yes, I think scheduling, like some type of morning schedule, doesn't have to be to the moment, to the precise, you know, time for everything. But I think having some type of, we talk about routine a lot, schedule is very, very important, including our children in that, helping them build responsibility, having them have some things that, you know, they're helping with, depending on the age or right. their planning. I think that another great tool is what can you do the night before? Yeah. So can you pack the backpack and put it by the door? Can you pick out or help your child pick out their outfit for the next day? Um, those are all very important ideas, I think, for the morning. Our main hope is that our children, our students, arrive at school feeling really calm and confident. So how do we help them with that? Um, I think it's important to look at this trend. Morning is a transition time for our children, moving from the security and safety of home to being an independent person who is building these skills to be away from home. Right. So if we have that morning time being a comforting time for them, it's going to help with all of that a lot. Yeah. So whatever you can do the night before is a great suggestion, especially if your kids are younger. Mm-hmm. Let them pick out their clothes. Yes. the night before that way you don't have an outfit struggle in the morning which you know can really derail the day sometimes for some kids uh, if they don't like how something feels or you know there could be so many things but yes if they can pick out their clothes the night before and be ready to that's going to be my school outfit tomorrow that's a wonderful suggestion packing lunches you can pack mm-hmm. lunches the night before and when your child gets old enough you can give them the responsibility to pack their lunch the night before the positive side of that is you as the parent can see what they're packing in their lunch in case it's all chips and cookies which you don't want but when they get old enough it's it's a great responsibility for them to pack their own lunch first of all they feel pride that they're packing their own lunch they're excited about yep. doing it absolutely um, but second of all it teaches them the skill if you do it for them forever they're not going to learn how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich or whatever it is you know that they love to take uh, to school for lunch so those are great suggestions Um, definitely routine and schedule helps in the morning Um, and anything you can do the night before. I do love that. Um, I just want to add a lot of parents sometimes ask us on days where it's not school, when it's the weekend and when it's uh, a break from school, what to do about routines. Mm. So our our recommendation is you still need a routine. Because if you, if you suddenly change the sleep schedule, you change the morning routine, then the transition back on Monday morning is doubly hard because two days is enough time to get off routine yeah. and to get off schedule. So it might be a different schedule, and you might, you might call it the weekend routine, but there still needs to be a routine and there needs to be structure. And even two-year-olds are capable of understanding, well, this is what we do on this day and this is what we do on that day. They need to be reminded, the younger ones, that now it's a Saturday or it's a Sunday or right. it's, it's spring break or winter break. But routines are not just for school days, and they're also not just, as we're getting back into the routine of school, not just for when school resumes in the fall. I think one of the very best things parents can do is to have a routine over the summer. And so then when school starts this week, (laughs) um, it is not such a shock to the system of, oh, 
now I need to go to bed at what time and I need to wake up at what time. It's, 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 it's very unsettling yeah. for all human beings to have their schedule disrupted. So the transition piece, and some kids struggle with transitions more than others. It doesn't mean that they're bad kids. It doesn't mean they're crazy. <laughs> it just means that transitions are harder for some humans than others. And children are no different. Right. And they need maybe more coaching or more practice. You know, I think part of the routine is practicing. Right. So, um, so that it's not just, okay, now it's time for, um, that's a wonderful suggestion. I do love that. And some of us parents have learned that the hard way when you completely throw your schedule out the window because it's the weekend and you're out somewhere past a certain hour, which is past your child's bedtime. That can be a real struggle. <laughs> I've certainly done that and realized this is definitely my fault. We need to head home because this is past uh, bedtime. So yes, it's a good point. But you can have a different schedule, meaning you don't have to wake up as early. You don't have to pack your lunch the night before. You don't have to set your clothes out, but you still have to go to bed at a reasonable time. And we still have dinner together and we still have you know certain things. So I think that's great. That's a very, very good point. Before we leave the topic of morning, I just want to mention one other thing because I obviously mentioned that I love that topic of mornings. I also think it's important to see the morning as a start of a fresh day. Yeah. So I think we need to also allow our children to feel like it's a fresh day. So if it was a tough day the day before, whether at home or at school, you know, let that be a new day. Sometimes as parents, we want to kind of revisit it and, you know, bring it back up or try to coach them, let that lead the yeah. day. But we really want it to be a fresh day and just stay positive and let them, you know, remind them of what we want them to do. Right. So it's, you know, they're going to have a great day today. I hope you have so much fun. Right. I just think sometimes we have a harder time than the kids finding that fresh start. So I think that's an important thing just to mention also while we're talking about it. That's great. Thanks. I appreciate and, that. You know, I know that probably all of the students are carpooled. They, they arrive in a vehicle of some sort. Yes, they do. Um, I don't think I don't think anybody lives across the street and walks over here. I think everybody comes in a vehicle. And the wonderful thing about a vehicle is you can put in music. Oh, and love you it. And you can have a relax. That can be part of the routine. I've suggested that to parents over the years. Instead of talking about, do you have your lunch? Or do you have, have this? What's in your backpack? Did you remember this? That's not relaxing. That's, that's stressful. That's increasing <laughs> the stress. That's so, raising anxiety. So, you know, you know, and plus it becomes part of the routine. We get in the car and we're going to listen to some soft music or music that would be pleasing to your child and your family. Not something that would be upsetting, not playing on their phones, playing video games so that their brains are being lit up in, in other directions. You know, that's not the time for free time. That's the transition period. And I think people lose sight of the fact that that's a wonderful transition period. It's a wonderful segue to, okay, and as Michelle said, we're going to have a good day. We're not going to talk about, well, don't do this and don't do that and remember not to do this. Yeah. And that doesn't set off for the fresh start of each day. That's a good suggestion. And actually, it makes me think, you could actually take the time to create a playlist with your yes. children. Yes. You know, yes. so Anyone it could be like, this is our carpool yes. playlist. And yes. then it's exciting to yes. them. 
Um, also, our teachers have a lot of playlists, so if you're really looking for something, you might be able to ask your child's teacher if they have yeah. some suggestions um, for setting something up on Spotify or you know whatever it is that you like to listen to. And actually, you could also listen to a podcast with your children on the way yes. to school. There's lots of children and family podcasts out there that your kids might enjoy. So that's another thought. But I love that suggestion. Having a calm, peaceful ride into school is really important. And really, it's setting a routine again. That's what we're back to. We're setting a routine. This is our transition routine from home to school. So, and yeah. teaching them some great mindfulness relaxation techniques that yeah. they'll always be able to use. Love sure. it. I absolutely love it. Okay. Um, lastly, on our list of things here today, it says, let's talk a little bit about giving yourself some grace and modeling that you're giving yourself some grace for your children so that they understand that and can do that for themselves. So as human beings, we don't always handle situations the way we have hoped to handle them and children love to know that adults make mistakes <laughs> yes it's, they do it is yeah. such they a, love when the teachers they made do. a mistake they, do. they love it <laughs> and or if we don't understand something i mean i'm constantly talking to students about well i don't understand what that means you know it was a term from the new movie or a reference so they love to teach so if if a parent feel if a caregiver feels that they have not handled something well it's important for them to figure out what might have been a better way to do it and to admit to their student when they have time not as they're getting out of the car and you know you don't have time to really have the conversation and to replay it so you know so for example I got really loud today when people weren't getting ready on time and I did some yelling and I'm not proud of that. I'm not happy that I yelled to get everybody in the car and started making threats about if you don't get in the car right now, you're going to not have your dance recital. That's a that's an impulsive human response. Right. So it's important for parents, for people to recognize, you know, I didn't handle that the way I wanted to. And to do a do-over is great modeling for kids. And even to have your, your child pretend that they're you and to, to redo it and say, I want a do-over. I want to I retake. And kids know what that means. Yeah. They, they know how to do that. I want to reboot. To think of your, your body and your brain as a computer and the computer got overloaded. You know what? Let's turn it off and reboot. Let's do it again. Let's start fresh. But it means you have to give yourself the grace and the permission to not be perfect and to make a mistake and that it's human because we have a lot of students, not just at this school, right. who are afraid of making mistakes. Oh, yes. And that's, that's the model they grow up with. And it is not going to be helpful as an adult to be afraid of making mistakes. And so you want to start modeling right away. I made a mistake. I didn't handle that well. Mommy, mommy said some things mommy didn't really mean, and let's, let's do a do-over. I, I think it, that is such a great tool 
that people overlook. Caregivers say it to their friends, like, oh, I really didn't handle that well. But do they really talk to their children about it and give them the chance to have input? Like, well, yeah, Mommy, when you did that, I got really <laughs> scared, and I didn't know what was going on, and I thought you were really mad. And so the grace to make mistakes and to redo, to have a do-over. And to acknowledge it with your kids. Right. Yeah. You know? I think it's always important to acknowledge Right. When we have big emotions or reactions, even if we catch it, you know, we can we're trying to teach our children to name it to tame it, they say, like to acknowledge the feeling so that we can get control of it. So, you know, mom's feeling a little overwhelmed right now. I'm going to go take three deep breaths and then I'll come back and we'll finish trying to pack your bag or I think acknowledgement is very important. Yeah, especially if you recognize it as it's happening versus after, like when you're in the car listening to your peaceful music and you say to yourself in your head, Ugh, I didn't handle that well this morning when we were getting ready, but you don't say it out loud. You know, it's the acknowledging it to your child, I think, is important because then they will also feel more comfortable acknowledging to you when they have made a mistake. They're going to be much more likely to come to you to say, this thing happened, it was my fault, I shouldn't have, whatever, whatever. And you can then coach and guide them on, you know, how could we do that differently next time? But if they see you do that and you're allowing them to kind of coach you a little bit, um, it's it's a great experience for them. And it is okay to not know the answer or to do something wrong. And it is unfortunate that today so many kids feel like they can never be wrong. They mm-hmm. always have to be right. And that's just, that's just not the way it is. It is okay to not know the answer and it's okay to say something that's incorrect. In the IB world, we definitely try to teach that to our students that we don't always have all the answers, and that's okay. Let's go try to find the answer together. So, you know, it's just interesting. And they love that, by the way. They love it if the teacher tells them that they, I don't know the answer to that. Yeah. Great question, but I don't know the answer. Yeah. Let's go research yes. it. Um, and it's kind of the same thing in a situation like that. You know, you're acknowledging that you don't know or that you may have handled something um, not well, not to the best of your abilities. <laughs> right. And not only are we not always going to do things perfect or, you know, as caregivers, it's just not always going to go perfect, right? There'll be the day that the car doesn't start oh, or yes. the milk gets spilled or, you know, some... or you don't have any cereal that morning and you didn't know it. And now you're like, ah, what are we having for breakfast? Right. Cause it's yes. the only thing that my child will eat is that yes. cereal, yes. which does happen. So that is the yeah. time too, to just give grace and just Take that deep breath and maybe <laughs> laugh about it with your children or, you know, just find a way to self-regulate, really, because the calmer we stay when something like that happens, the more we're helping the whole family stay calm. So yeah, that's great. Just knowing that we're naming a lot of things and you're going to find which pieces of this works for your family and it's still not a guarantee everything's always going to go smooth because it's life, but hopefully these are some things that will help um, while we are starting to get comfortable and realign with our schedules for the fall. Yeah. Well, I think this has been some great advice. Um, I am curious, okay, before we close it out today, tell me how students are referred to the two of you. How does that happen in SIA? So, again, it's kind of a combination. Um, I would say because of our longevity here, um, the majority of students that Michelle and I work with are self-referred. They know <laughs> us, they, they want their time, and they, as I said, they raise their hand or they stop us in the hallway. But that's because previously there had been a referral from their teacher okay. or their parents 
or the administration. So we can, you know, we can be we can be alerted at any point of, you know, can you take my child? Can you can you spend some time with them? Um, so it it can come from any any direction, and sometimes older brothers and sisters suggest, well, can you just talk to my sister? Um, but again, <laughs> I like or, that. But again, we're still going to call a parent and say, do you want us to do that? So I, I do want to clarify a few things. Signing the permission slips that went home does not mean we have automatic permission to see your, your child, your student. It means that we don't have to get it signed if you request it. Okay. Um, you can always request it. You can decide not to sign it at the beginning of the school year. We have extra copies in the office. Linda can can always get a copy for us. It's just, and parents can refuse. Parents can say, no, I'm not comfortable with that. And we're, you know, we're going to honor that. Um, the other thing I wanted to say is that in the IB program, there's so much learning that is going on. Our piece of the pie is social-emotional. Yes. That's the piece that school counselors work on, is the social-emotional. We're not working on math. We're not working on study skills. Mm -hmm. We're not working on many of the other things that students need help with. We're working on social-emotional. It doesn't mean we can't ask how homework's going, but we're not the people to help them figure out a homework plan. That's the teacher. But social-emotional is a tool that yes. you know helps them be successful both in the classroom and outside of the classroom. So it's a right. really right. important right. component right. of learning and development. Right. And we'll always involve the parents or yeah. guardian, you know, grandparent, the caretakers. Um, once we, you know, if that suggestion is made, you know, the parents are always a part of before we begin and while we're seeing the children. So I do think also uh, teachers will have the um, counselor forms available on parents' night. Mm -hmm. And again, they are always available in the office. You can always just call the school, ask Linda, say, this is so-and-so, and I'm interested in getting a form. Can you please send it home? So those are some ways that we can get that. Let's just wrap up on you know the key points of today's episode. So we kind of talked about managing the stress of the family when we return to a very hectic fall schedule, school schedule, whatever it may be for your family. Some important pieces of it, self-care for parents. You have to first take care of yourself before you can, you know, be sure that you're taking care of your kids and your family. So that's a number one important, whatever self-care is for you, whatever it, you know, whatever that looks like, which it can be different for different people. Finding a balance between work and fun with your family, making sure you have time to connect back with your children, but making sure you allow for some time for fun, for family fun. That's very important. Morning routines. We've talked a lot about routines. In fact, in other episodes that yeah. we've already done, there's been a lot of discussion about routines. So obviously we are all big proponents for routines. Morning routines can actually start the night before with backpacks and lunches and clothes, what you're going to wear the next day, but they're vital to set the tone for a a peaceful, good, fresh start for the next day. And then finally, give yourself some grace. It is okay to make a mistake. It is okay to acknowledge that to your children, to your family. And I think that's a, that's a great behavior to model for your kids because then they know that if they make a mistake, they can come to mom and dad and say, I made this mistake because mom and dad tell you I made a mistake. So I think that's really great information. Thank you for taking the time to join us today. 
Um, please give us some feedback on our podcast. And if you found value in today's episode, we hope that you'll subscribe, you'll like, you'll share, you'll follow, and all those fun social media things. We do plan to release a new episode every other week. You can also visit our website at www.straylitzinternationalacademy.org for more information about this episode, uh, as well as we'll have some resources and tips for parents and students returning to a school routine related to this episode. A few reminders, all school parent welcome back breakfast is Friday, September 1st from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. in the library, followed by our very first um, of this school year, SIA Early Years Family Sing-Along at 9 a.m. in the NPR. SIA Parent Night is Thursday, September 7th. There's a new family orientation at 5.30 for all of our new SIA families in the library. And the full uh, parent night will begin at 6 p.m. We will also have two sessions for parent night. So there'll be one at 6 and then another one, I think, starting at 6.30 for those of you who have multiple children in our school. So thank you again, everyone, for joining us today. And please remember, it takes a whole community to build a strong foundation for our children to grow and develop. And on behalf of SIA, I want to thank you all for joining us today. And I thank you 